I've, I've met a lot of people who call themselves believers, followers of Yeshua, Jesus, and they'll, uh, they're just some of the angriest people I've ever met. Uh-huh. And it doesn't make sense to me. Because if you believe what we believe about the Bible and about who Jesus is and about, then I feel like you should be happy. <laughs> um, here I am. Right. You know what I mean? It's no, like a simple, sure. Sure, it's yeah. a very simple equation. <laughs> really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me, but I have to think of you as in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to help people experience joy. life we don't know what's going on here or why we're here it's like we're, we're like the the yeah furthest most at least as far as we know sort of uh you know intricate thing in this universe uh, in terms of inner working parts we don't even understand how we work uh, even though we are us um you know things go go beyond uh where we're at obviously they have to in complexity if we're here uh or or they will go beyond us in complexity uh, and then time will somehow be transcended so that doesn't matter and then that's something you know you could call god or whatever i i don't know these are all just speculations on my part now my guest today would disagree uh you know he has a different idea of what what god is and uh more of a classical view, perhaps, uh, and that is uh, Matt Rosenberg. Uh, I, I, I grew up with Matt um, in in the Messianic Jewish movement. That's that's how I grew up, and he did too. We lived in different places. He's from uh, Long Island, New York, and I'm from Cincinnati. But we were friends through the movement. Our, our fathers uh, are both Messianic rabbis and are deeply entrenched and sort of early adopters to the movement. So we were kind of uh, mainstays in all, all the conferences um, for the movement. I think you'll enjoy hearing my talk with him. He's just a guy, he just has, he's full of life and love and that's, that's, uh, the mo- what is the most important thing? That brings me to that question. Back to that question. It's like, what should we be doing? Okay. He seems to have found what he should be doing. He seems uh, to be pretty happy with his life and what he's doing. I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy, but, but like, I always, there's always a reaching with me. What is that? You know, a lot, a lot of what makes things difficult is this, this, uh, this life of commerce, this life of, of uh, you know, money being important, you know, to, for, for, uh, to live a, a, a life of comfort and uh, ability, right, and possibility. So am I chasing that? Did I fall into a life of like, okay, have to make a living, you know, that kind of thing? That happens. I mean, that's, that's a necessary thing in this world that we live in. 
uh, in this capitalist world. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not saying that, that a communist world is any better. Um, you know, I, you, could, you could create in your mind an ideal, uh, you know, utopian society where things might work differently. Uh, and, uh, you know, depending on your view of what the, the, the base sort of human nature is, you know, uh, behind the veil of etiquette, you know, you could decide whether or not um, that could ever be a possibility, that utopian idea could be a possibility uh, in reality or not. Uh, I, all the facts are not in. I'd like to think there's a way, but, you know, I'm, not, I'm also not a fool. I am a fool sometimes. Um, but what do you do? I mean, I, you know, I think, what, okay, take money out of the equation. So take, take, just put yourself into, you know, you have all you'll ever need. You don't ever need anything, and it's all just there for you, right? What, what would it look like, an ideal life, you know? I mean, I, I always go back to that, like, uh, you know, Mediterranean uh, uh, villa on the coast, you know, right on the water and a big family uh, and, you know, friends coming and visiting uh, freely, coming and going and always sort of having that just sort of the, the large feasts, you know, and, and um That'd be cool, and that's maybe how things are supposed to be more like, more based on like like 90% vacation, 10% work, or 50-50 maybe, right? Where you actually really have time that you spend with people, and that feels like non-work, that feels like, you know, truly just enjoying life, like actually having uh, that joie de vivre, you know, like actually having that... You know, that, that really relaxed exhalation. I think some of my health problems are probably, you know, based on this, like, too much constant tension in the body. Previous, you know, talk is my sort of ideal, idealistic uh, way of thinking, you know, there is a better way and I can get there, right? And then, then there's the way that I feel like I should be with it, like the more the Buddhist way of thinking, which is like, you know, be here now, right? Except however things are right now and, and, and live in that reality and enjoy that. But I want to get to that Mediterranean, uh, you know, seascape reality. Well, we'll see. You know, if I keep working hard and uh, make great music and, you know, or whatever it is for you that you do, you know, I can, I can somehow uh, someday get to a point where I have that American dream, right? I have that, uh, you know, and, and it's about money in a way. Like, if I could afford it, when I can afford it, I, I, you know, then I'll, then I'll be able to have that life. But is that what it is? Is it money, you know? That, that, is that life waiting on, on, on you, uh, uh, you know, putting that money into the, into the uh, machine, for it to start up? Or, you know, do you start the, the thing, start living in a certain way, and uh, not worry about the money and it comes when it's needed? These are just questions I'm leaving you with. I have no answers for you, of course, uh, as per usual. 
anyway, that's that's uh, that's all I have to say about that. That's stuff I've been thinking about. I'm I'm back from tour uh, for about a week now, and I'm still I still feel like I'm recovering. I'm tired all the time, uh, but it's it's uh, it's cool to be home, and I'm I'm finishing up. Uh, well, you know, working towards finishing up this Y album, and I think it's it's uh, it's good. Maybe I don't know. I have no idea uh, what it is yet. It's still still coming into focus, but uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. Let's let's just move. Let's move forward now, uh, or or backwards into the past. Actually, this happened last week. Uh, my conversation with Matt Rosenberg. What's going on? How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, you too. You too. I saw that uh, right up in uh, Rolling Stone. Was pretty cool. Yeah, that was going around. My dad had that on his Facebook. Uh-huh. And my sister. And, uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Was that unexpected for you guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it's not like it was a big thing. It was just a little mention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. It's, it's exciting cool. for the rest yeah. of us. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. It, I think it, you know, it probably helped. Uh, you know, I mean, my. It's a good list to be on. It's a good list to be yeah. on. My 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 uh, goal is, of course, to just like not tank on tour you know what right. I mean like you don't want to go out and like be playing in like you know 500 cap rooms every night right. and like 40 people show up right which happens sometimes yeah but uh that's so yeah uh, hopefully that thing helped yeah a little bit there yeah. you know maybe it did maybe it didn't who it's knows? always hard to quantify <laughs> yeah. who knows so you're a rabbi when, that's right when 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 did that happen 12 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you went to seminary somewhere? Yeah, I didn't finish my master's. Okay. But, um, yeah, I did, like, Bible college, and then I did two years of seminary. Uh-huh. Got lots, lots of loans to show for it. What, uh, <laughs> of course. What, what, what prompted that? Like, I'm just curious what, what, not to I've, dive I've straight actually... into our long conversation right now, but might as well. Yeah. Get into the real shit, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, I've actually never wanted to be anything else. Okay. Oh, so yeah. you, so even when we were young, yeah, you you felt that pull. You yeah, I knew pull. I knew that's what I was gonna do. Okay. A lot of it was just because, I, you know, I just wanted to be like my dad. Yes. And I think everything was kind of fueled by that. And you're looking more and more like your dad every yeah, time. Yeah, right. I even down here too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. both sort of receding in the same That's in the right. same fashion. It's going this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I knew that's what I was going to do at a pretty early age. And I went to college with that uh-huh. in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my wife and I got married uh, right out of school, out of college. Did she go there, too? Yep. That's okay. We met in, at Nyack College. Okay. Where's that at? In New York. In New York. It's like 30 minutes north of Manhattan. Okay. Kind of upstate, but not upstate enough to be upstate. White Plains, upstate people. Ish. Yeah, yeah. Other okay. side of the Tappan Zee Bridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I worked with my dad for after school. I worked with my dad for five years. I was actually in uh, working for a broker in Manhattan, renting apartments. I was oh. like the worst broker. Yeah. In the history of brokers. That sounds like nightmarish. It was type, awful. Type thing to do. It was awful. Uh, 
I made like fifteen thousand dollars that year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's and nothing. Most to of it was because I was too honest for for Manhattan, you know. Yeah. Like, you gotta have a little crookedness. I'd walk that. in and be like, "There's no." closets in here we should go look at another place right right right, right. <laughs> and they'd be like yeah you're right <laughs> and they'd be like should uh boss like what are you doing <laughs> yeah they'd be like should you got um you know should we live in manhattan i'm like no you should live in brooklyn or queens right. much you more got any apartments there <laughs> no i only do manhattan but <laughs> sorry it's it's better for you trust me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it didn't last very long so i worked with my dad for five years then I took a congregation in Maryland okay. for, it only lasted about so 10 months. So it was like, months. A, like an apprenticeship with your dad kind of thing. Yeah, I was his assistant rabbi. Gotcha. So I was, um, and we had a really hard time working together. As much as I want to be like my dad, Why? I'm Why? probably just too much like my dad. <laughs> hard-headed or something? Yeah, I think it was just father and son, you know, hard to work with your dad. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's one of the... Rules of leadership so don't work with family. Never work with family. <laughs> Interesting. Is that, is that something people say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was an interesting couple years. The first two were great. The last three were really hard okay. years. And uh, I you're, took... You're steering us somewhere, by the way, right? Are you taking us somewhere? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. We'll find one of these spots up here. Gotcha. Um, or we can just sit at the... Uh, Right over the water here. That's cool. Yeah. Um, as long as it's kind of quiet. Yeah, so I took a congregation in Maryland. It didn't go very well. Okay. I thought it was going great. <laughs> so they, they, they fired you? Yeah. Yeah. No, like My wife the, likes to say uh, they let me go. Yeah. I'm not allowed to say fired, uh-huh. but they fired me. So and and that and did they give reason? I mean, when I say they, is it like a board? Yeah, there were. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, there was a board, and uh, you know, I think a lot of it was one of those. We really want a young guy to come in and change things up, and then the young guy changed things up, and they're like, "Whoa, Too much. not what we meant." What? And this is a messianic <clears throat> congregation. Yep. Yeah. yeah, in Maryland. Um, so I was only there ten months. Okay. And. Uh, and then I just kind of let our network know that it didn't work, and I was looking for a congregation. And a guy that I met in 2007 at our conference um, at the at Messiah at Messiah conference. Yeah. yeah, I met him in 2007. He came to a class I taught, uh-huh. and apparently he 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 tells me we can go right over here. That from that point he started. He prayed for like three years that I would move here. Oh, <laughs> so he already really knew cool. he wanted you. So within 24 hours. He called me on the phone and said, hey, what about Seattle? And I was like, okay. I mean, I've never been here before. Yeah. Pretty far from home. I realize that every time I take a flight somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> six hours of geographical oddity. Six hours everywhere. These benches here, maybe? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it smells like Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> it's clean. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Ish. And legal. Uh, oh, weed, I see. I got you. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, now we've been here six years, and uh, it's been awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, what, 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 when you said you went in and you, you shook things up too much in Maryland, what does that mean? What do you th- practically like? How did you, how did you change things? Well, you, I, you know, some of it was don't, like. Don't, don't be creeped out. I'm, I just like to get cl- close for the mic. Some of it was basic. You know, I started wearing jeans 
and a t-shirt and that wasn't cool a suit okay and uh i started messing with the order of service and you know changing stuff around and wanted them to play new songs instead of old songs and yeah. you know kind of the typical um generational changes you know used to playing songs from 40 years ago right and I'm 37. Right. So. You were trying to bring, bring a new <laughs> new wave feel. Some Muslim songs written before I was born, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I think I was, uh, let's see, I was 29. Uh-huh. Um, so, and it was my first gig as the lead guy. And, yeah. You know, I probably changed things too fast. Didn't give people enough um, time to shift and explain what I was going to change and why I was changing it before I changed things up. Was there so. was there a uh, a faction that sort of was behind what you were doing, you think? Or was everyone Yeah, actually like, the Whoa. majority. No, I think the majority. We did was a Was it um, just that that the the board was full of old people? No, there were a couple there was a young guy on there. Um I think the I think I mean from my perspective, I think they just didn't want to lose one person, and I think with any shift of, uh, yeah, any I change. was the number two guy from yeah. the guy who, the founder of the congregation was there twenty years. There was a year in between us of them not having a leader. Yeah, and following up the lead guy is almost always disastrous. Right, you're going to be different. It's like the beloved founder. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, who's actually he's actually speaking at my congregation in Seattle next week. The guy, okay. the guy okay. I took over for. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think the majority, if there were, there were probably about 150 people, and I think 40 people didn't like what I was doing. Okay. But they were, and the, and the, and the leadership didn't want to lose any of those 40 people, and I right. kept saying, let's just let those 40 go. Screw them. Yeah. And go, well, not, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> uh, but let them go somewhere else. It yeah. doesn't have to be a painful sure. thing. If, sure. If they don't like what I'm doing, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And um, maybe new people would come we just that move do forward. like what you're doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, but they didn't want to lose one person, so right. Kind of. But in any transition and any kind of shift like yeah, that, it's impossible. You have you have to, to lose somebody. Yeah. There isn't like a nobody has a hundred percent retention. So what about here? Was it? Did you slip right in and it worked or what? Yeah. Well, this was like a, this was a really small. It was more like a fellowship, so it was like um, less than thirty adults, okay. no kids. Okay. Our kids were the first kids in like tw- in like ten years, and uh, so you're kind of uh, growing it from scratch in a way. Yeah, it was more like a like a replant. Like we we kind of started over. Yeah, it took us about four years to kind of nail down what we wanted to be and you know who we wanted to reach and what we were trying to do. What and, do you, how do you see your your vision? What's your vision for? Uh, for a congregation what's what's like what what does it mean to you and what like is your vision to like to how how that should function in society or or within your faith or yep. or within this the social aspect of your faith you know how does that how does right. it I mean we're we're trying to help uh I branded myself the happy rabbi. Okay. <laughs> You're happy. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. You've guy. always been happy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, my kind of personal 
why for existing is uh, to inspire people to find joy, to see joy in the faithfulness of God. That's it. See joy in the faithfulness of yeah, God. Yeah, I want them to experience, you know, I love to make people laugh. I've always loved to make people laugh. You remember that? Yeah. You know, our, our mutual friend Dan Lowenthal and I were just together and we were laughing about, you know, he came up with ideas and I did the ideas just to make him laugh. Right. There was no like... Just like the old I wasn't days, a bad, actually. I wasn't a bad kid. Right. I gave myself a bad rap because I was always doing... But my main goal was to just make the people around me laugh. Yeah. You're a yeah. clown, rambunctious. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Class so, clown. I'm still doing that. Yeah. I'm just trying to... Um, now you have the microphone. Right, right, which is a little dangerous sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, my, and Laura cringes every time I'm, you know... Yeah. I start to talk about old stuff. Uh, yeah, but, I, you know, I want people to know that... I've, I've met a lot of people who call themselves believers, followers of Yeshua, Jesus, and they'll, uh, they're just some of the angriest people I've ever met. Uh-huh. And it doesn't make sense to me. Because if you believe what we believe about the Bible and about who Jesus is and about, then I feel like you should be happy. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's no, like a for simple, sure, for sure. it's a very simple equation. Absolutely. If, 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 if all that stuff is true. Yeah, you should which, be pretty you know, happy. I, I, you know, I have my misgivings about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that stuff is true, <clears throat> but that's what and if mind. what Jesus said is all fact, and that's yeah. a, yeah, there's there's no reason to have any kind of, even, even, even through suffering, you can stay happy. Yeah, I think you should be able to because you know where you're going. Well, our whole fa- and our, and it's not even about the afterlife. It's about if if we understand the way the Bible defines what grace is, and that we don't have to earn um, anything from God, that He loves us because we're His creation. Like that should make us happy because right. with all the things that I've done in my life, I don't I don't feel like I deserve much. You've done some bad stuff for sure. Yeah, but He. You know, but he still loves me and still gave his life for me. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm like astonished every time, and it's often, that I meet somebody who calls themselves a believer, a follower of Jesus. And, uh, and they're just angry people. Yeah. And they're like, you know. Or I mean, fearful. If you wear jeans, if you wear people. jeans, I can't listen to what you're saying. Or yeah. if like, you know, you play that kind of music, or if you drink alcohol, or if you smoke right. cigars, or if you, you know, whatever. Sure. I mean, whatever people... I mean, there's some, you know, limitations in what we do and in, in what we believe and how we're supposed to live our lives, but there's there's also a lot of freedom in yeah. the things that we do, and, you know, it's, uh, well, I, I'm just trying to help people experience joy. Two things, two questions I have for you. Yeah. The, fir- the first is not a question. The first is a comment. I always felt like your family had more of that mentality growing up than than a lot of the folks around us, yeah. And that um, I always looked at that and appreciated that about how you guys lived. You know, and your father, you know, yeah. Um, you know, there there was a more a little more of a of an openness, right? There was a you know because as I feel like you know if you look at the teachings of Jesus, there's nothing but openness, right? And like. And yet, like you say, like, you know, I mean, and then, so my second question stems from that. Yeah. I'm curious where, where, where your head's at politically and especially in this time where we're going through this big uh, 
uh, election yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm curious where where your head's at with that. Yeah. Um, in relation to your faith, I guess. Right. Well, I saw this great thing on Instagram. It said, uh, if Hillary and Trump were stranded on a desert island, who would survive? America. Right. <laughs> That's pretty good. America. That's good. Survive. Yeah. 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 So are you gonna just yeah. not vote? Is that I don't the know, answer? Man. I, I don't know. It's a it's a crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is like an unimaginable. Trump running for president. Unimaginable. Is is the craziest thing yeah. I feel like in my lifetime. Yeah. I, I think he's so arrogant and so ridiculous, and offends everybody equally. It just makes no sense. Yes. And the Hillary <laughs> you know. thing, of course, you have all that scandal and totally. just how shady they are. So yeah. if we yeah. were to st- if we yeah. step back a few months, yeah. who would you have voted for or who did you sort of like? I don't know. You know, my I've, I've never really been... Uh, Political. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of steer away from politics sure, altogether. Sure. Not for, you know, not as a cop-out just because... It just, I don't you don't feel relate like, to it or I don't what? feel like the President of the United States act actually affects my daily life all that often. Look, I feel <laughs> so. the same way. I feel the same way, but I can get I can get dragged into this kind of kind yeah. of talk or this kind of like yeah. thought because uh, well, you can't avoid hearing about it. Right. And I don't know. I mean yeah. I think there I think there's I'm, certain things that can affect the daily, like for example, healthcare, right? right. So for me, I now have health care. I right. never had health care before Obamacare. So, yeah. you know, I'd prefer it to have not had gotten cock-blocked through the Congress or right. whatever, Senate, whatever, right. so that it's a little a little bit further in the direction of socialism. <laughs> right. I, that's what I would prefer, <laughs> right. um, so that everybody can be okay. Yeah. But I still at least have health care now. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm going to doctors, and I need to do that. So, yeah. you know... That's that's how it. That's how the president of the United States has affected me. Other right. than that, I don't feel it as much either. But yeah, yeah. You know, my my dad is like super right wing. My dad uh, too. Yeah, they're like hardcore Republicans. And that uh, said, I don't think he'll vote for Trump. I think my Your dad I will. think my dad will just because he's so against Hillary. Yeah. I mean, he can't even. My dad's very against Hillary to too. To ever vote for Hillary would be yeah, like against. See, I, I, I don't <laughs> everything he's been I saying. I personally, for years. and not that this is whatever. No but. one cares about this. <laughs> but 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 I I personally will vote for Hillary just because because I don't. I honestly, okay, they're they're now now you have Julian Assange and he's he's digging up all this shit. But right. I don't think it's any different than and any other else. president that they've ever had. Yeah, I think. She is the exact same amount of corruption as all of them, which is very corrupt. Right. But, like, you know, she's going to get in there and it's going to be business as usual. It's not going to be, nothing's going to really be right. messed up. Trump might come in there and press the button it's not like she's gonna and have blow sex some shit up. No, she may. <laughs> I don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? That door's already been open. <laughs> that door's already been open. She des- she, she's owed one at she this is. point. <laughs> She deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but, but, you know what I'm saying? Trump might come in there and be like, oh, what's the code to the button? And then that's it. And then it's all over. So that's, well, that's that, why I would vote for Hillary. I feel like, I mean, this, this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like that's the, I feel like you, you want politicians to be shady and not openly ridiculous like Trump is. I mean, all his stuff's yeah. out there. 
I agree. Like, I think that we already know. Yeah, going in that this is a bad idea. Hillary, Hillary, <laughs> Hillary may be racist in her mind, right. but she's not going to say not saying it. it out loud. He's saying we know the facts are in about yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. for sure. And I mean, I'm still conservative in the sense that, like, you know, it seems crazy to me to have a, the president of the United States be owner owner of a strip club and his wife have posed in Playboy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just... I'm not conservative, and, and I'm very open to weird. anything like that, but that still seems <laughs> not seems cool. Weird. It's unsavory. Yeah, that seems weird. I mean, presidents have done ridiculous things for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, it was behind closed I, doors. I, I, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we know JFK what did, did what he did. <laughs> this, is, this is an overt situation that maybe is the perfect president for 2016, right. though. You know what maybe. I mean? Because that's where our... Country seems to be happening right now, <laughs> but to go on another route, yeah, yeah, on yeah, another yeah. route. Yeah. What? Okay. So, did were you? Have you always just been like a believer? Did Did you never doubt all the stuff that we grew up with? Like, level with me here on that. Like, I'm just curious what what, what your spiritual life is like. You, like your private spiritual life and how you think about that stuff and how it affects. I mean, you said you said, you know, you you really enjoy feeling the grace of God in your life and, and can derive joy from that. Yeah. But I want to know more about, yeah. I'm okay. Just... Um, yeah, I think um, I was I was definitely a troublemaker and in a lot of ways that hasn't changed <laughs> very much. Kid. Yeah, I mean, my mom would say, which is, you know, she was always on my side, but... Uh, you know, my mom would say I had no malice. I wasn't like no. I wasn't intentionally harmful to people, right? Or to things, or um, you might have mooned my, somebody at a, at a water I park or whatever. Mooned some people, but that happens, <laughs> right? Your pants fall out. You know, pants fall off. What can you do? Um, yeah, and I was laughing recently with somebody about when all of us got kicked out of Messiah Conference. Yeah, back in. Uh, for smoking weed, and we didn't even smoke weed. Right, I didn't even do it. I didn't do Did it. Did you do any of the no. drugs? I didn't do any no. of the drugs. Yeah, uh, I didn't do drugs till later. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean it's funny. I've never done drugs. I've never been drunk a day in my life. Uh, but you drink a little bit. Oh, I definitely drink now. Yeah, yeah. But you, but uh, but you've never been drunk. But I've never been drunk. Yeah, I mean th- that it's a sliding scale, I guess, right? Yeah. What, what about buzzed? Yeah. Pro- uh, yeah. 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 But, but what? Okay. I've never been Would like there, out of my mind. I don't remember what happened sure. last night. Oh yeah, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> me neither. But but would that be wrong? I mean, people get well, drunk in, in the Bible, right? Well, there's there's commandments in several places in both the Torah and in Proverbs. Um, and in the New Testament, actually, that's that. The point is drunken is drunkenness. Drunkenness is the sin. Okay. Drinking alcohol is not sin. Right. You know, I mean, that's why Yeshua turned water into wine. Well, they all and drank alcohol. No, you couldn't drink water back then, water. really. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You you kind of uh, had. If you read that story. It's yeah. at a wedding, right? Yeah. And it's the best wine anybody's ever tasted. Okay. And it's when the parties all pass drunk and one of the guys comes up to the groom and says most people say give us the the junk at the end but you gave us the best right you know and that was just so Yeshua didn't just make 
water into wine. He apparently made the best wine anybody's right. ever had. Right. <laughs> Pinot Noir. Yeah, he was like, he wasn't playing. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, there's wiggle room in what drunkenness is. Yeah. And that's why there's always kind of Just conversations. Maybe lack going. of judgment, you know, or something like that. Like, losing your yeah. sense of... Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same as... You know, it's like a, it's a little different than, you know, like pot because there isn't, as far as I understand, you're more of an expert than I am. I say, do smoke weed. It, yeah. It, you can't, it's, it doesn't function the same way as alcohol. You can't take one hit and not be high. Well, there are levels of it like there are for there, alcohol. There are definitely levels of high. Yeah. 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 But in, with alcohol, depending on your height and your weight and right. all of that stuff, you know, you you have a drink, you have a couple drinks, and you're fine. I mean, it's yeah. different for every person, right. and that's what makes it, you know, kind of a hard thing to negotiate. The whole thing that we grew up, and I don't know if it was like in your family, but it's really from evangelical Christianity, yeah. not Judaism, for sure, because Judaism's never Jewish people drink have any issues with alcohol. Um, which is why, as I got older, you know, we're like we're very strong on Jewish identity when it comes to certain things, but yeah. then other stuff. We're we're more evangelical yes. Christians. Yes, and it's an interesting for for evangelical Christianity. Alcohol became an issue during Prohibition in the 1920s. Okay, it wasn't an issue before that. I mean, the Puritans drank. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So the issue was it was a legal thing. Yeah, and um, and they didn't drink because of that. And then when Prohibition ended, somehow it still stayed within the evangelical circles. Well, that, that said, dancing, drinking, card playing. There's like this that whole said, Matthew. List. There's a legal weed store right up the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's a new thing. Over, right, baby. right, right, right. And that's a new thing now to yeah. kind of navigate. Right, right, right. Um, you you, you may know. you may tap into your spiritual side. I'm, I, I'm serious. I'm dead serious, yeah. man. Like it's, it's it, you know. I mean, it's a mild drug, but yeah. it's but yeah. I mean, mild until you take enough, and then it's not mild right. at all. Yeah. But like you know, there it, it, you can type t- tap into some 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 stuff. I mean, I I think so, and I have, and I've I've felt you know some presence of whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, God, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, while 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 intoxicated on that stuff, because right. because it it uh, yeah, it it just it 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 opens you up to a different perspective in a way. Yeah, it's, it, it can yeah. be beautiful. You know, well, I mean, it can also be in, terrible. Uh, you know, my friend in uh, Jerusalem said, my wife and I were there recently, and we were at a restaurant, and we were talking about getting drunk, and and he said, don't people understand that when you drink, you become sober? Because <laughs> I'm hyperactive. You, you, okay. okay. <laughs> It mellows you out. <laughs> which, which, my Dan alone always laughed because he always wanted to see me high. Yeah. Because he thought I'd be really calm and yeah. quiet, which yeah. is not me normally. But you uh, might be, you know, so, you might be. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny that drinking any, you know, any amount of alcohol definitely calms me down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's kind of a, kind of slows my brain down, which is helpful when yeah. it's moving as fast as it moves with ADHD. But, so you, you have know, to stay on a steady stream of just just enough a dose. You yeah, know, yeah, just in like moderation. One shot every four <laughs> hours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, in moderation, it's helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I got myself in trouble recently because we had a this cruise um, with all these rabbis, and uh, and they asked me to MC a variety show. Okay. On the cruise, so I was like, That's right. Up if your you alley. want me to MC it, I'm gonna make fun of everybody in the room. Right. Right. This is gonna be funny. Right. You know, like, it's going to be more like a roast. I'm right. I'm going to pick on everybody. 
right? And they were like, yeah, 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 do it, do it. So at one point I walked up with a drink and I was making jokes and, you know, that was back in November and to this day some of the rabbis are convinced that I was drunk. And they're giving you shit about it? Yeah, and they're like, we know you were drunk. And I'm yeah. just like, uh, okay, but one, I wasn't. Yeah. Two, if I was, I would have been a lot meaner. And right. three, <laughs> uh, you know, if you can't take me at my word, I don't know right. why we're having a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, if I was, I'd be honest with you. But I wasn't. You know, I, I was just having fun. I, I think that mentality is <laughs> on its way out with yeah. that generation, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that no one in our generation by and large thinks yeah. in, the, in those terms do you find yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's generational and I think that was you know back to the original yeah, question I you know I've always been so you may have ADD but you know how to get back around to that to that where I was at with what I was asking oh yeah for yeah. sure yeah. you recall you know I, I've, I've always I kind of maintained some I like to be uh, rebellious to a degree particularly with the more conservative sides of our movement or whole side it's kind of more than a side but um you know but it was never malicious and it was never I've always loved God and um felt like I've never I've really never not believed um I think even still I you know I think all normal people have um doubts about faith and about what you believe and I got really sick uh, a year and a half ago I had uh, diverticulitis and pancreatitis and I was up in in the hospital here in Seattle diverticulitis was uh, five days and then it was actually funny because it was the last day of Passover so I thought maybe it was just too much matzah but um, and I kept making jokes in the hospital even though I was in pain and doctor was like is he always like this <laughs> to Laura and she's like yes um and then 42 days later because it was the end of Passover was Shavuot and I had pancreatitis on Erev Shavuot okay two both the nights before I was going to preach and um and you know it was a weird experience to be in that kind of pain and you naturally you know ask questions and um I don't, I, I still feel like in those moments I didn't, um, I mean, even in the, like, when I had diverticulitis, I was throwing up because of the pain the night before, I, you know, before I went to the hospital. And I was like, in between, I was kind of quoting scripture and singing a couple songs and trying to like, Calm you know, down I told, uh, one of them was a Marty Getz song uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, just singing, um, you know, and then there's this, um, there's kind of this whole genre of Christian hip hop now with Lecrae and a few of these guys. And um, I, I'm initially skeptical, but I haven't heard them. Yeah, yet. have you heard them? No, not, no, no. They're, they're not terrible. Okay, okay. They're not old Christian hip hop from yeah. when we were kids. This yeah. Is like I think it's. This is not your daddy's Christian hip hop. This is not your daddy's Christian hip hop. Uh, but there was one of those songs that I was singing kind of through, so I didn't feel like I was like doubting but I was definitely in pain and trying to figure out why are you even letting this happen to me you know um and it wasn't until August of that year that happened in April and in May and then in August um I got this um you know I've I think there are I've never heard God's voice audibly but 
I've, I, I smoke some of that weed. I def you can hear him audibly if you do that. Oh, interesting. You know, I definitely I'm just kid. Yeah. Hear his voice. Yeah, and um, I kind of heard this real clear. Um, I was getting into my car. I was coming out of the gym, getting into my car, and real clear, I just heard, "I'm the one that made you sick." And I was like, "Why would you do that to me?" And uh, and then again, real clear, it was it was the only way I could get you to listen. And I think you heard this audibly. Not it's not audible. It's kind of um, you know in my own head. Yeah, sounds like me. Yeah, because it's in my head. But you um, knew that that was what I, was supposed to. Why, but it was why different. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I certainly feel like it was the Lord's voice and not just me. Yeah, trying to encourage myself out of it. Um, and. Uh, you know, I kind of sorted through, I think sometimes there's definitely precedence in the Bible for the Lord slowing people down when they're, and I really took it as a, um, and I don't know, people will, you know, I wrote a blog about it and people argue back and forth, God doesn't make people sick, God doesn't make, you know, people go silly in all kinds of theology and I don't care if he made me sick or if he just allowed the sickness, which is kind of how people try to break it down each way. Um, but w what amazes me is that he cares about me enough to stop me from moving in a direction that he didn't think was healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Which was what, do you think? Well, I think because of my ADHD, yeah. because I'm kind of um, I'm a maximizer in my... Um, when I kind of take personality tests, I'm a persuader and a maximizer. And so I can very easily um, persuade people to do what I want them to do. And I, and I think sometimes I, I try to do that to God. I want to persuade him to what I want him to do. Okay. Um, and I don't know if it's any, like, specific thing um, I just, I just wasn't in a, in a place where I was listening. My leaders were, around me were kind of all saying the same thing, you know, which I've heard since I was a kid, which I've never understood. Um, people would always say to me, you're so intimidating. And I'm thinking like, I'm five foot five. I'm like, I mean, I used to be, before I was gaining weight, I used to be always the smallest Scrawny, kid in the room yeah. and like, you know, and I never understood why people would be intimidated by me. And I... You know, I started just to understand more about myself over this last year and a half about how people perceive me and, you know, there's an intensity in the way that I speak and the way that I, you know, the confidence that I operate in and, um, and people can be easily intimidated by me. And I don't want people to do things as a religious leader. You don't want people to do things because you intimidate them to do it. You want them to be responding to the things that God wants to do in their lives. Yeah. And you can't care for people when you're steamrolling them at the same time. Um, you know, so that was just, I mean, I'm still learning that for sure. Um, so I, I, I feel like if, if I may say, I yeah. feel like not much growth happens except through suffering. I, yeah. I, I mean, at least I've learned that yeah. in my life. Like, yeah. you know, without that, without that check, yeah. You know, there's not, you know, any reason to change yeah. or develop. Right. Because if the things are, if things are status quo, then it's like, whatever. 
Right. Um, but yeah, those 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 times in your life force uh, you, force you to look inward and force you to uh, yeah to, to 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 reach for something. I mean, you know, they say there's no atheists in the foxholes or whatever right, 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 you know right. whatever yeah when when moments like that happen you start right. to think you know about everybody prays when they need to yeah you yeah. start to think about the <laughs> the everything or the god or the whatever that yeah. whatever it is that you want to think yeah. about um and it's done the same that's the same as happened for me you right. know i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that i was spiritual at all before i started getting sick and stuff and then right. like you know, you start slowing down and changing your lifestyle and stuff like that, and then you start, uh, you know, you, you start thinking more in those in those spiritual directions. Yeah. Um, I, th- this is a question that I thought when you were talking, though. How you said you've always believed in God. How has that developed since you were? You know, you you and I both grew up in this thing. Um, you know. We've had the different developments we've had in our lives that, that have sent us, sent us in different directions or whatever. But um, how has your faith changed and developed since sort of your childhood faith? Do you, did you have any moment in, you know, sort of early adulthood or anything where you were like, oh, you know, this is what it means to me for real uh, as opposed to like what I'm supposed to believe or something based on what I was taught? Yeah, there's a um, there's a <clears throat> thing in the Talmud that says um, the reason why we say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and not the Talmud is is commentary on the Torah, if right. I may say for these yeah, yeah, yeah. for for the, the goyim out there <laughs> in yeah. the world listening. Yeah. yeah, and all the Jewish people that don't yeah know anything about that Judaism. Too. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of us out there. Uh, the, the idea is we say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We say it, the God, the God, the God. Because each one had to decide that he was their God. And, you know, being a second-generation Messianic Jew and a second-generation rabbi, it's, I think the first, the first big moment for me was when I was 17. And our, um, my parents lead a congregation in New York and when I was 17 there was this big split we probably had 100 120 people and when it came down to it I think there were like 30 left oh wow and it was uh, you know it was a disaster and over what we, we this was like 97 96, 97 yeah, yeah over yeah. over what um, I, it was a lot of different things I think people were um you know, there was a, there was a faction of people from within the community that um, believed that my dad was steering people towards orthodoxy and towards orthodoxy, orthodox Judaism instead of messianic Judaism. And then there were some who just, you know, people just people are evil. I mean, we all have it in us, and I think there were some people that just, um, uh, you know. I think in some cases my parents trusted the wrong people. Um, and I think in some cases you're just totally blindsided by yeah. people you trust. And you know, Was, Did your dad grow up Orthodox? some kind of ulterior motive to, you know, do whatever they do. Uh, yeah, they were... My dad and his brothers were Orthodox. My, my uncle is... Uh, 
My dad's youngest brother is still Orthodox okay. in Los Angeles. My dad and his older brother Jan are both Messianic rabbis, and uh, but they were Orthodox in their teen years. Um, so my dad had this, you know, back in the '90s. The big movie for us was Braveheart, and there's a whole scene in Braveheart where the where when William Wallace is a kid and his dad and his brother go off to fight uh, Longshanks and they come back dead on a cart. Okay. And do you remember that scene? Uh, <laughs> they kind yeah, of bring him back. I think so. I think so. They, they leave him at home to watch the place, you know. And the other guys are bringing them back dead on a cart. And um, So we were just going, you know, there's a lot of personal pain for my parents in the split and a lot of, you know, kind of... Obviously, finances disappear, and, you know, it changes everything. And uh, so my dad and I were sitting in a car. I was 17, and he just said, Matt, you're, you know, you're going to go to college soon, and you just got to decide if uh, if you're going to wait for this the intensity. It's the same steamroller that I am, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to decide whether you're going to wait for me and your mom to come home dead on a cart, or are you just going to fight with Because or are you going to fight with us now? He had seen that movie as well yeah oh my dad like pre he preached on it for two years okay, he okay, had like catch you, catch you. He, he did like whole you know broke down every character and, yeah you know we, so are, we know every line and see every scene and <laughs> are you gonna wait until we yeah. come home dead on a car are you gonna fight us fight with us now with us yeah you're okay. gonna jump on, in and on their side you're gonna make yeah. this your own thing or you're gotcha. gonna like gotcha you know keep going the direction you're going right and i was like i'm in yeah okay you know um so, but that's still that is still in relation to family and yeah. and and your father and upbringing, yeah. As opposed to something that feels, you know, I, I guess I mean more intern. You know, you're you. Here's the difference yeah. between us is that yeah. I mean there are differences, but I'm an introvert, you're an extrovert, yeah. right? I don't so, do anything internally, right? That's what, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm saying. I was, I was looking for something internal, I guess, and that was external. Well, that was a crisis moment. Yeah, yeah. I think. You know, going back to suffering, I think you, I think the suffering creates these crisis moments, and it's in those crisis moments that you make decisions. Yeah. For good or for bad, they're just decisions you make in crisis. And that was definitely a crisis moment. You had to man for my up, family. so to speak. Yeah, and I had to decide whether I was going to buy in or buy out. You know, no. This but that's really not personal faith. That's more. That's political in a way, or that's like whatever you want to call it. No, I think. Well, you know, I think the hi I think history of Judaism is not actually there isn't much that's personal. I think it's communal. You know, the point was we all made a covenant with God on Mount Sinai together. Even though Moses goes up to the mountaintop, when he brings it down, the whole he reads it, and the whole people have to respond with, "This is what we will do." See, this is the difference between me and you because I grew up more on the evangelical side, yeah. and you grew up more on the Jewish side. Perhaps yeah. I mean, if well, it, I don't know. I'm I mean, saying, theologically, we're I'm evangelical. saying if they were if they were tipped, it, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, maybe from a, from from a distance, we both grew up the exact same way, right? Yeah. From if you put a microscope on it, I yeah. feel like I probably grew up more evangelical, and you probably grew up a little more Jewish. I would say that. Yeah. That's probably shifted a lot, though. Pro possibly, yeah. Because your mom is like... <laughs> she's sure. really into it now. No, no, no. And, and she always was. And yeah. I'm not saying I grew up not Jewish, because yeah. that was a big focus. Yeah. But... But the way it played out, practically. I, yeah, a little bit. Practically a yeah, little bit. Be. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I don't know if I have... Um, 
you know, my family was always, we ha- we've always had super open and honest conversations. Um, and my parents were always willing to engage us in our doubts and our concerns and our frustrations. And we were just an open, you yeah. know, we argued at the dinner table all the time and even when we had people over, we weren't like expected to be good. We were just expected to participate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so people would walk away from our from our dinner table. You know, like my parents will tell a story now that people would say to them, "You let your kids talk to you that way." And my dad would say, "If we're talking about the Bible, they can talk to me any way they want." Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, it was right, like right. A, it was just. Um, you know, but I don't feel like I was coerced into anything. I don't think I was pushed into anything. I think no. the option was given, and uh, and I, I, you know, went with the communal. What? Why? Why did you go in that direction in, into what we grew up with and into the community? And yeah. I and I grew out of it. I mean, not that you know that. I'm just I'm just wondering. Yeah. I mean, I have some theories. Yeah. Let's hear it. I, I think. Uh, I think um, our parents are both part of kind of pioneering what we call the modern synagogue movement of Messianic Judaism. Um, you know, the first time we ever had our own congregations and our own communities and our own, you know, they were very much trying to form, you know, like you're saying evangelical or Jewish, and that, I think that was a struggle for all of them was... yeah. How do we, you know, at that point, 50 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, it wasn't, it was more like a Jews can't believe in Jesus. Right. Was everybody's kind of viewpoint. And so our parents were interacting with people from the church. And it, it was still. Telling them they shouldn't be Jews. It was still were, like that when we were little. When oh, we were no, kids, for sure. When still we were felt kids, that way. When we were kids, I think it was in some ways worse because now we had, you know, our parents started their own congregations and they were still getting flack from the church telling them they shouldn't be Jews and the Jews telling them they shouldn't be Christians and the, you know, and so they, we kind of had to, you know, in the old days when we were, when we were kids, it was like, it was a handful of families that went to conferences and all shared the hall together, the, you know, Beautiful and Sollenberger thing. and like, it was a small, yeah. you know, minority, like remnant, if you will, of people that were doing this super weird thing to everybody else. And so they were so intent on trying to form identity for all of us that I think some people got lost in the mix, you know. I don't know if there was room for, um, and it's not even about specific parents, but kind of as a whole, when you take it as a big, you know, talking about community and the big picture. Yeah. I think, I mean, my feeling is, I don't know if anybody knew what to do with your musical ability and talent in I, I, I don't, don't know, I don't know that that was even a thing with. back then though I don't know that I had that you know I mean I, I may have been toying with things but well there was kind of only three options for us as kids yeah uh, and this is actually my brother Jake's he's got this whole he needs to write a book about it yeah I need to talk to Jake too it's of killer yeah uh, but I feel like our whole generation had uh, three options of what we could be in life. We could be rabbis, we could be worship leaders, or we could be some kind of prophet. So if you had to do something else other than be a rabbi and a worship leader, you were whatever you were plus a prophet. Like you had to be somehow engaged. 
and there just wasn't enough room. I'm for... a worship leader of sorts. <laughs> no, for sure. You, <laughs> my you, own you way. are. You In are. My own way. Yeah. I, I, I saw. Uh, I saw this thing recently where it said the. The greatest, wor- the, the the biggest worship leader in our, in our country right now is Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, whatever he does, it's everywhere. Um, but you know, I don't know if there was room for other, because the identity was so tight in what we were supposed to be. Yeah. That there wasn't a whole lot of room for self-expression, and there wasn't a whole lot of room. It it was very fear-based. Where well, this is what we're trying to build, and you're kind of going off in another direction and that scares us right so if you could just come back into here and then a lot of people are like no <laughs> i yeah, don't want to go back i don't i don't fit I very wanna, well into boxes I wanna, like that <laughs> i want to do what i'm doing yeah you know? yeah and it's not about faith yeah. as much as um you know like the specifics of theology and how faith works for people more than just i think it was a simple idea of there just wasn't a whole lot of room for self-expression outside of this little box that they were trying to put us all in unintentionally i don't yeah. i don't think it was no, I malicious don't think i don't think they were trying to screw but, us up no but but i think there but was we a lot of case. we were t- we were cuz we were really the first generation of the first generation if that makes sense the second yeah. generation yeah be, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like the, yeah. the, the we were the ones that no, all that of them that, came that, to faith as adults. Exactly, we were the ones born in. Exactly, we yeah. were the first generation to be born into yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, other than like yeah. I don't know, j- j- you know, the, the turn off, uh, you know, David and Joel or something. And, and no, Daddy even then, I mean, even then, because it's still a very small group of yeah. people that are the Galilees are like fifth generation Messianic Jews okay. or Hebrew Christians, but they're like the only ones. Okay, and then. You know, there's like the I don't Fleischers. Think I even know and, them. Um, you remember Ruth Fleischer? And, yes, yes. You know, her parent, her her dad was super involved in the Hebrew Christian Alliance, and um, I mean, there's a handful, but it wasn't big enough that it was like, a, you know, that anybody would, knew what they wanted to do. We were the we were the first. I mean, substantial the Chernoff, generation. Beth Yeshua in, in the in, when Marty Chernoff was around, um, didn't have a Torah scroll. Didn't have you know there was stuff. That they shifted into yeah. that was new for all of them together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they weren't even, and they were all, you know, David and Joel were already in their 20s and 30s by that time. I mean, it wasn't like they still weren't born into the right. identity that we were born into. They actually shifted, Joel Chernoff was part of the, it shifted from the Hebrew Christian Alliance of America to the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America. Right. And Joel Chernoff was on the board when they changed the name right. in 1975. So he was already an adult. Um, you know, so it's still, it, it's kind of like, you know, I think with any generational shift, there's kind of normal different generation things. And then there's this whole other identity. I mean, I, I've, I know a lot of people that, um, that grew up in Messianic Judaism who have moved to Israel as Jews but don't believe in Yeshua anymore. So some people went in the direction of like they're Jewish for sure um, but they're just going to focus on their Judaism or secular Judaism or other forms of Judaism but not with Yeshua. I know other people that we grew up with that are you know worship leaders in a church in mega churches and have very little to do with Jewish expression in their life and then there's you know and there's me. Yeah and then there's one rock star. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what I mean. You know, I, I, I suppose <laughs> yeah. I, I've gone secular. I still, yeah. I still identify as Jewish. Right. Uh, 
and I am I definitely have a spiritual life yeah but it doesn't involve uh, Jesus or, or the God of the Bible you right. know it, I mean not that it doesn't not involve th- those those characters right uh, because I don't I, I just I believe there are many expressions for God and you know and I don't want to seem hippie to you but that's what I believe I believe there are as many ways to think about God you know as we've had sort of different cultures in the world coming up you know I mean I, I feel like we we are we happen to be have been born Jewish and come out of that lineage right. and so we were we were handed the Torah and then our parents happened to find what they found with Jesus and so we were handed that right. and so for me as I and I think that's a fine expression of how to understand God or how to how to relate to that aspect of reality uh, but I don't think it's the only way that's that's and that's probably the difference between yeah, yeah, how yeah. you and I think I imagine yeah yeah I think I think Yeshua is the the best and only option yeah but um, you know in terms of why people uh, I've, it's, in some sense, I, I, I feel, uh, I think the position that our parents were in when we were young is really, I mean, as a parent myself now, I'm 37, I got three kids, and uh, I keep looking at pictures of when we were kids and going, oh, right, my dad was in his 30s <laughs> when I was... That's you know, what's crazy you is how young realize, they were. You just realize that... A lot of the stuff they were doing, they didn't know what they were doing. Just like we, I don't, I don't really know, know sh- what I'm I don't doing know right shit now. now. <laughs> and I know, you know, my yeah. By the time, by the time my dad was my age, he yeah. had all three of us, and we were yeah. we were like approaching our teens or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, we were like tweens or whatever. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know what to say to my kid now. So yeah, yeah no, I don't. Yeah. I don't have any kind of you know. I don't. I don't look. Uh, ill upon how I was raised or anything yeah. like that, you know, because I mean, first of all, I had good parents, you know, and they believed what they believed and still do, and raised me with that in mind. And, and it, you know, it's not like it, you know, ruined me or anything. It just, you know, um, I just don't relate to that. In, I mean, in a way, I wish I could. I think it's probably just my personality type that I can't give into something like that and say, "Oh well, you know, okay, that's a fine way as any to get to to sort of approach, you know, uh, spirituality or, or divinity." And I'll just do that. That's simple because right. I grew up with it. Right. I'll just go that route. And like you said, if you believe all that stuff. How can you not be happy, right? <laughs> right? Well, I've gone through a lot of turmoil and sadness because I can't bring myself to believe that stuff yeah. in, in that way. I, I, I believe that it's something I can't understand exactly that I'd like to. And I think science is an attempt and still very early at understanding what God is. Yeah. Ultimately, and yeah. and you have to start with, yeah. you know, what's the makeup of a blade of grass or, right. uh, you know you know what how do human blood cells work or whatever to eventually get to god it's going to be a while but it might happen 
you know? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Or we might kill ourselves off when Donald Trump gets into office. We'll see. We'll see. Anybody's bet. If that happens, we're all in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, I, I think people are too quick to, um, you know, science and religion are not actually opposed to each other. Not at all. They, they flow together. And uh, if, if God is, is sovereign, if he's the creator of all things, then he's the one behind how everything works. So, you know, I, I don't have any issues with, uh, um, with uh, you know, I mean, it goes back to even, I mean, this, this sounds like a religious cop-out. I think some people will read it this way, but we'll read it that way, but... You know, I don't think ultimately my vote matters because I feel like from the scriptures and how I've seen the way the world works, if God is sovereign over all things, he knows exactly what he's doing. And what seems crazy to us, he still puts, you know, this, the, the Bible talks in several places about him being the one that puts kings in, in position and puts leaders in power and so if what, he's what doing all that, you? I just I just yeah. trust that he's he knows what he's doing, and I'm just okay. But this I'm goes into for the ride. this goes into that like you know, and this is the, yeah. a thing that Dan, that Dan and and, and uh, well, both of them were talking about for for a while. Yeah, which was about um, predestiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predestination. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, okay. Uh, maybe I, you know, I don't know, and I, yeah. I, 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 you can think of that as in a science way too about, you know, yeah, t- time being, you know, we're, we happen to be stuck in time, so we're looking forward into time and always, always moving that direction, but it doesn't actually exist in that way in reality, right? You can, st- right. if you can step outside of time, right? If time is a dimension that can be stepped outside of, yeah, then you know, everything. everything is already happening at once, right? Yeah. And is already there. So, right, and that's my sure. general concept is, you know, if, if God's the creator of all things, then, then time is a part of his creation, so he's not bound by it. Sure. He knows all things. Him knowing all things doesn't mean we, certainly doesn't mean we know but, all things. But 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 if you're, but you were born into time, and yeah. I was, yeah. and so do we have a responsibility to act? I mean, you, you in other ways, you know, you've never been drunk, you've never, you know, whatever. In other ways, you, you take responsibility over yourself within time. For sure. And, and within society and all that. Yeah. So wouldn't voting be the same way? Well, I think that's why, that's why my favorite theological issue is the incarnation is the idea that Jesus steps into time and is born as a baby and the whole concept is that he steps down off of his throne and comes outside of time and inserts himself into a specific period of time in Israel 2,000 years ago um, with a specific purpose in mind to make himself um, you know the Hebrews talks about so that he would um, understand all that we, you know, he's dealt with the same temptations. He 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 was born as a baby. He grew up, you know. The scripture says he grew up in knowledge and in stature, like he had to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the learning, and in all the temptations that he faced, it was it, it's this impressive thing to me that the if again from my perspective of what I believe about the Bible, if 
to 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 imagine the one who created everything um, stepping into his creation for the sake of his creation is a remarkable thing. And as then a, as a plant, sort of. Well, then he. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, the whole reason was to offer himself as a sacrifice. You know, there's all these conversations of like, did the Jews kill Christ? Did the Romans kill Christ? Did, but in the New Testament, it says he offered himself freely as a sacrifice. That's the whole, you know. And then you can, I mean, you got to go back into the Torah to look, to understand why there's a need for a sacrificial system and why blood is important to God. And, you know, people can argue. Um, I mean, I think the greatest argument against vegetarianism is that God tells us to kill and eat. Like, it's pretty hard to, it's the reason why he created creation was for us to enjoy ourselves. Uh, and... You know, it's all set up around um, him offering himself as a sacrifice so that no matter what we've done in our lives, if we take this moment to believe in him and to call on his name, then then we spend the rest of eternity with him because there's more to this life than what we're living right now. And there's more to... You know, there's a time, uh, there's a there's some kind of space and time where there won't be any more fear or mourning or crying or loss or you know, kind of all the maybe crappy, of time, crappy stuff of our lives. Yeah, all those things fade away, and you and you get left with what's good. Um, Which is what well, you, you? That's what you think after life is, or? Well, I think it's very it's being in. Um, I mean, the way the New Testament describes it is it's the, it's it's being in in God's presence forever. Okay. It, it's being right. in. Um, it's being it's, one one with God in a way. Well, it's just being with Him. It's yeah. you know we talk a lot. You know, uh, if you but remember I, from when we were kids, people always talk about getting into the presence of God. Yeah. But what actually impresses me is that He wants to be in ours. Like He, you know, we have this whole in the Torah. There's this whole setup of the way the the tabernacle was where the presence of God dwelled and all the tents and the tribes of Israel God wanted us around the the tabernacle so that the presence of God was in the very center of the people and um, and in some sense eternity is that very same concept it's the presence of God in the middle and we're all surrounding it and you know if if the presence of God is all things good that's a great place to be for eternity that's beautiful <laughs> that's beautiful yeah um, so, but that's the time, you know. It, it's still, um, it's just this amazing um, thing to me that in that he inserts himself into his creation for the sake of us. So here's a question that may seem like the most sacrilegious thing you've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> try me. Okay, so. <laughs> And I, I just thought of this now because, yeah. I mean, Jesus had such a huge impact yeah. on history, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a transition point. Right. You know, we, we have B.C. and over. A.D. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's a major transition point. Yeah. And, I mean, not that our history is actually much compared right. to the history of the universe, right? Right. Right. But. For all that accurate. But yeah. for human culture. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Is the world better off since Jesus was born and died, all that? 
Mm-hmm. Or is it the same? Or is it worse? You know, like, what, what, what would the world be like if that transition hadn't happened? And let me just say, first, I feel like, and I think from like a, a lot of, you know, historians talk about it like this, like, there was a, I know, these dogs are freaking out. Like, how dare you? How dare you doubt? Um, But, you know, a lot of, like, historians talk about, like, you know, secular historians talk about it, like, there was a transition in human consciousness at that time. So there, you know, you had the Buddha, you know, maybe 500 years before that. You had different things happening. Muhammad's 600 years later but but that i don't i don't know how if muhammad's lumped into that or not but like you had you had these different um changes to the way we thought pre-jesus you know the idea of god was a you know i mean it's layered but it is a lot more sort of fatherly like military father type you know um general type vibe almost um you know, maybe you disagree with that a little bit, but that—that's one way of thinking about it. But after Jesus, it, it, it and and you know, maybe Buddha, and maybe some of these other folks, or you know, or, or transitions. Yeah. It, 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 you know, that was the first sort of very soft thinking, right? Um, and and you know, hippie thinking in a way. Uh, I don't know that it took in reality. I even feel like. You know, people who took on Christianity, this and this takes it full circle, and this is a perfect way to end. I think. I think even a lot of people that that took on or take on Christianity aren't really taking on Christianity, or to, are really ta- aren't really taking on, you know, WWJD do whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, but are more using it just because it's what they grew up in or it's what um you know they fell upon somehow but they're acting you know in another way but but that the question is are we better off did did things change for the better or is it the same or what i mean i i think in the life and death and resurrection of jesus is is just an opportunity for people I don't know if it shifted I mean it clearly shifted history because um, you can't you can't get away from him I mean even for Jewish people who you know it's a ridiculous thing for I've had conversations with Orthodox Jews who say he's just for the Gentiles but not for us but that's just not even honest to what the Torah says there's no such thing as of that as that in Jewish faith that there's something for the nations, but not for us. In Judaism, it starts with us and it goes to the nations. <laughs> that's how it's that's how it's supposed yeah. to work. Um, so we kind of all have the you know justifications, and everybody tries to do something with him, but he he, he can't be ignored. Um, and you know, to a to a lesser degree, um, I mean. I mean, some some of the same things could be said about Muhammad and about Buddha and Confucius, and I mean, they all kind of shifted history. Yeah, they're like the Beatles and the Nirvana of, uh, you know, the first and second Nirvana. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, they definitely history shifts on these guys. Um, 
But, you know, I've had conversations with, uh, with religious Jews who are convinced that if Jesus really was the Messiah, then we should have peace on earth, and that's the way it should be. But I don't actually see that promise in the Torah as... There's nowhere in the Torah that says when the Messiah comes, there will be peace on earth. It's not. But there's not like a there. reckoning. It's more like a reckoning or something. Yeah, and I think our our way of um, understanding it is that's coming with eternity, like we were just talking about. Um, and he did say he would come back, and that some of the things have not. What is that? A, is uh, that have, have not been fulfilled yet? Is that a cop out? The, the I'll be back. The I'll be back. <laughs> you know, like I, why 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 wasn't it? you know completed in the first situation well because the the whole point of his of of coming the first time was to offer himself offer himself as a sacrifice for the redemption of people and then the the last 2000 years are an opportunity for people to turn to him and you know sometimes people say if you know you get in the conversation of like heaven and hell how can you believe in a god who condemns people to painful eternity it's burning hell um, but I feel like he's given us plenty of opportunity in our lives to believe in him or not there isn't like it's like again and again and again and again it's not you know and some people are going to walk away just going nope he's not it and at that point we, we decide what we decide and you know he wouldn't be a just judge if I mean it's kind of like being a parent you know, I just say to my kids all the time, I'm going to put you in timeout if you don't, you know. And then we got to wrestle back and forth. And the whole reason why we do that is because I want my kids to make good decisions when they're older. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want them to be idiots to make bad decisions and screw up their lives. And, um, you know, people look at God as like, a, you know, like an angry old man with the magnifying glass and we're the ants, you know. And he's like intentionally trying to destroy us and I just see it the 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 opposite perspective which is he he's gone through a lot to give us the opportunity to know him and to walk with him and be in a relationship with him and um, some people will and some people won't that's not on him that's on us and the decisions that we make Um, so yeah I mean so we're better off I think the world is going to continue to do what what people do. I mean, we're we're naturally inclined to to do evil things, and you know, if you don't believe that, you have to ask. You can ask any parent of children. I mean, they they get this like nasty smirk on their face when they know they're doing the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like a there's some joy in it. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, you know, you don't have to I've never found it hard to convince people that the world is evil. It is. Um I don't think that's God's fault. I think But he, there's goodness too. Think, oh for sure. Yeah. Um and it and, and that's why every story that we all love, you know, back to Braveheart and whatever your favorite movie or book or you know it's always this there's a battle between good and evil and you know that's kind of the plot line of everything we love in life um you know and i I think that's in creation so i would probably say it's the same only because the world 
is going to continue to do what it does. That's going to get you fired real fast. <laughs> I don't think we're more evil than we were a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago. Well, he planted a seed Whatever. anyway. He planted a seed and and, and created a space. I mean, this is me talking and me thinking. Yeah. Created a space anyway in which you could think soft like that. You know, when I say soft, I mean turn the other cheek. I mean, you know, that that sort of mentality. You know, compassion. Right. Right, which seems like it was in short order before that. Right, but in the same sense, he, he, he still is a just judge. So in right. the end, it's not... Uh, to me, the Bible doesn't speak to the idea that whatever works for you works for you. There's a clear concept of who God is right. and who you need to believe him to be. Sure. Um, and, you know, that decision rests with you. Yeah. So, but a lot of people blame God or say, you know, I've just... I mean, I, I, th- I think God gets a bad rap because we're not very good at following him. And those of us who represent him... A lot know, of people do wrong in the name of God. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you see guys, you know... You see that happening now on, with ISIS. Yeah, and, and, you know, preachers on TV who do ridiculous things over the last, you know, 50 years. And, um, you know, there's a lot of in-the-name-of-God stuff that makes the majority of people say... I mean, if that's what God's like, I don't want anything to do with him. Right. And I get that because I don't really want anything to do with that kind of God either. Yeah. You know, if 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 your God is telling you to blow up buildings with thousands of people in it. Probably not a, not a good thing. I don't know why you would follow that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, and, you know, when you line up kind of world religions, which that's what I, I did comparative religion in college and was interested in, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam. and um, You know, I get this, one of the things that gets me in trouble in my own circles is um, I really don't like um, Muslim bashing. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's right. I think it's, I think as Jews, it's like insulting to our own people to say things about Muslims that were said about us that became a right. holocaust right. <laughs> that became like you know we start like doing this fear fear mongering and like you know we gotta protect our kids we were <laughs> Laura and I were super excited yesterday because our daughter was playing outside with our Muslim neighbor and they were just playing Barbies and sitting there in the playground playing Barbies together for like two hours and my wife kept taking pictures because she thought it was like, you know, we just love, we love living, it's the reason why we live in the city right, and right. not in the suburbs. Right. You know, it's the reason, because we want our kids to be exposed to One everything. One the, the and little Star just, David shirt and the other with a little sickle yeah, shirt. Yeah, she's wearing her, <laughs> right, her right. you know, her burqa and like the whole, it, it was just a cool scene because I feel like that's, you know, in the end, people are people. Yeah. And, the majority of people, the guys who fly planes in the buildings and all these, you know, evil people that are blowing people, blowing themselves up and, you know, that thing in, in Nice. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, dr- yeah. driving through a crowd of people, like, you know, I think everybody has to come around that and just say, like, it doesn't matter what you think you believe. That's clearly evil. Yeah. Um, to drive through a random parade of people and, you know, it, it's... Uh, and and then, but what we do in kind of on the uh, 
you know, in our circles, a lot of people are right-wing conservative. Yes. And what happens in those circles is it becomes, you know, I hate seeing stuff on Facebook and Instagram and, like, is this the religion of peace? You know, and then they put this. But if you study Islam at, even in the slight, like, smallest amount, um, you know, the, the basis of what Muhammad did was he believed that the Torah was given to the Jews and they messed it up. The New Testament was given to the Christians and they messed it up. And the Quran is the last revelation to Muslims of really the same stuff. Yeah. Just what he would have said, seen as a more pure version. Right? <laughs> so, you know, the basics of what they believe... It's all the same. ...aren't really that far off. Yeah. And, um, and this is such a small minority that makes a obviously a lot of noise because they're murdering people all over the globe that we start to like my professor and I was so grateful to have a um, Larry Poston was my professor at NIAC and he's like an Islam scholar but a Christian and you know I took a bunch of classes with him about Islam and world religion and you know he pointed out that it's really since it seems to me that it's really since things have changed since the establishment of the state of Israel prior to that when you go over the last, you know, Islam starts in like 623. So from the time that they start having countries that they are, you know, Muslim countries or Christian countries, Catholic countries, and then now there's Muslim countries. Jews always fared better in Muslim countries in the last 1,500 years hmm, okay. than they ever did well, they're a in lot, they're Christian a lot, countries. They're a lot more related to, well, to... Well, it's a crazy, you know, when you go like over the last 2,000 years... Jewish people have been kicked out or murdered um, in every Christian Catholic nation in the last 2,000 years. Right. When you go all over Europe, there's a point where we were expelled. Every single country. Places. Yeah. We were never expelled from a Muslim country. Right. You had Jew, Jews living in Iraq and Iran, <laughs> right. like, peacefully now it's happening for now. years, generations. It's happening now. now. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's really only, you know, that's heightened since the establishment of the state of Israel, and it's kind of a different political climate. But it... It, you know, if you if you just do a little bit of research past 1948, yeah. <laughs> you find, in terms of the history of the Jewish people, Muslims have been much better for us than Christians. Than Christians, yes, <laughs> almost yes. almost always for sure. For um, sure. And it's such an interesting, um, you know. So he he was kind of walking me through some of that in college, and I was just like, you know, impressed by how. It's so easy, and I feel like we have as a responsibility as Jews to make sure that genocides don't happen because it happened to us. Right. Um, not once, but I mean once in recent history, but it's happened before. And uh, and for for our little movement, which is you know in the last fifty years has been persecuted on all different kinds of sides, to make ridiculous statements about another religion based on a small group of evil people within that religion um, just seems it's ignorant yeah and backwards yeah I mean it, it, it's irresponsible of us um, you know so I wrote this little blog on why you know the difference between uh, radical Islam and Islam and a whole bunch of people kind of in I'm our sure you got a lot of flack for that kind of as well I like to reshare it every once in a while. Just yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just to stir the pot. But, um, 
you know, but I think, I mean, going back to kind of our whole conversation, I, I feel like that was really, a lot of things are just my parents' willingness to have open and honest conversations our whole lives. And I feel like we're doing that with our kids. Um, we had this great conversation recently where, um, you know, our kids are in Seattle public schools. So there's a lot of homosexual families, gay families. And my wife serves on the PTA with, um, with uh, gay parents. And, you know, our kids were asking us about it. And I, I, don't, I don't, from a biblical perspective... That's a tough one, from a biblical perspective. Well, I, I mean, homosexuality is a sin just like every other sin. But it's not... The, the difficulty is homosexuality is not a greater sin than any of the sins that I have in my life. <laughs> so it's not like... Sometimes there's these generational, like, we pick, like... For our parents' generation, the, the great sin was divorce. For our generation, like speaking of believers, our generation, the great sin is homosexuality. But sin is a funny word for people because it's not. Um, there's no like higher, you know. There's no hierarchy of sin. There isn't like the worst sin, and then these other sins are below it. You don't think there's a difference between sin is sin, murder and and thievery or something. No, sin, I mean, they're all categorized as sin. There's different categories of sin. There's, like, sexual sin, and then there's sins against your neighbor and sins against God, and there's categories, but they're not necessarily greater than the others, right? So my kids were just asking us a question, and we were sitting at dinner, and, um, and the conversation came up that, you know, one of my kids' friends has two moms, and, you know, we were just talking about it, and... Um, and I just said, you know, there's just there's just a kind of a small difference between us and your friend's family. Um, we choose to live our lives according to the Bible, and they don't. That's it. There isn't like a greater or lesser than. There isn't a. We've just but, de- but we've, we've just decided to live differently, but we can, you know, be in relationship with people. We can love people. We can be, you know. But but don't but don't you also teach them that you know the Bible is the correct way or do you not even say that because I don't know I no I think we 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 do it from the sense of like um, like I was saying it's more of a communal this is what we do as a family yeah this is what we believe this is who we are and you know if they choose to not believe it when they're older we'll, we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it i mean I, yeah, so but I, I was trying to close up but now we're yeah, opening now a whole we're subject up matter. another thing but <laughs> but I, i'm curious because you know like what if you, one of your kids is gay i, yeah. I you know I, you know you find out in 10 years or whatever yeah um and what then I mean, they're they're gonna make the decisions they make. They're gonna decide to do the things they do with their lives as adults. They're gonna. What is that? I mean, whatever. Kid. This is the same old. They'll be my kid for the rest of their lives. Sure, I love them. Sure, and you know, um, I mean, it doesn't diminish that they're mine. But you'll still see that as a, as a sin. Yeah, but but this is, and I think this is a struggle point. Is I wish, you know. I have all kinds of crazy thoughts in my own head. Um, and I'm very, like most men, I'm very visual, right? When you said visual, you, you held your hands up. Yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, so 
there's all kinds of crazy, um, you know, and I don't feel like I do anything to encourage the thoughts that happen in my head. They just happen. A lot of them are sexual in nature. They're just these thoughts. And I, I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter to me. The scripture defines there's, there's a whole list of sexual sin. And so there's about 50 commandments that are categorized as sexual immorality. Um, and in that sense, none of them are greater. There isn't like a, you know, being living as a homosexual is not any different than the things that are happening in my brain. Towards, okay. Towards women. Right. It's right. the same stuff. The issue is the issue is lust of the flesh. So is is the actual sin. And I, I, I honestly don't think it's any work. Like, I think the place where people get stuck is particularly people that aren't believers and the way that they view what we believe about these things is, uh, is sometimes I think uh, people who believe in the Bible give the impression that that, sec- that homosexuality is like the worst of the worst. And I just don't, I just don't think that. I, I, I'm very much aware that I am just as much of a sinner as everyone else that I stand around. Just by your thoughts. Just even if you don't act on them. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm even... Yeah, because they're just there. I don't know where they come from. I love my wife. I love my children. But, but these things, like, you know, pop up. And but you got to pause and be like, what is that? I don't know. But, but then it's, then it's, then it's somehow, if... you know, then it's somehow natural and from God. If it's, if it's a thought that's in your head. You know, I mean, acting on something, like we said, yeah. you can decide not to vote. Yeah. You can you can decide not yeah. to go to a whorehouse or whatever, <laughs> right. but you know for for a, a sexual thought to come in your head, or you know I mean I, I I am under the belief that certain people are born feeling sexual feelings towards yeah. a member of the same sex. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that the 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 you know, and I don't believe in sin probably in the same way that you do, but I think that there is doing wrong and doing right. Yeah. And I think that, I don't think that, and I think lust is bad. I think, because I felt that in my life and how, and you know, it drags me right. down. Right. Right. And that so, but I, for more of whatever it is. Right. But I, yeah. but I would think this, this kid, this little kid that has two moms, <laughs> I would assume that these two moms are probably living in as wholesome a life as you and your wife, I would, yeah. you know, I no, don't know great. that, I, but I'm they're, saying they're lovely people. Yeah. I, I don't have, uh, and that's, but, but somehow, I mean, that's the struggle for us too, is trying to figure out how do you engage in, in the world where you don't agree with everybody and what everybody's doing, but still treat people with respect and dignity because they're human beings. And how do you, you know, I think the only right way to be religious which is funny because religious is a good word in Judaism. It's a bad word in Christianity, <laughs> which makes right. it difficult for people. Yeah. Being religious is a good thing for Jews. Being religious is like is actually applied to the Pharisees who are Jews for Christians. Um, but ultimately, it, it, it all comes down to, um, I mean, everybody believes there's a right and a wrong. And all we're trying to say, all I'm saying is I believe that the Bible defines what right and wrong is so but that doesn't mean I'm always in the right because I'm a sinner by nature right and I still sin 
Right. So and I mean, and it would still... be ridiculous for me to condemn somebody for the sin that they're experiencing when I'm just as much of a sinner. Believing in God doesn't make me less of a sinner. Right. <laughs> I, I guess that's ultimately why grace is such an amazing thing to me because God's not looking down at us going, you know, it's kind of this old, um, um, I, a preacher, one of my favorite preachers put it this way. He said a lot of religious people um, say change and you can join us. Jesus says, join us and you'll change. Right. 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 That well, that's that's a that's, difference. that's a great that's a great place to end it. I think because right. that is basically what you're talking about and yeah. how you try to live as opposed to how some some people who call themselves this or that yeah tend to live and that, and I and I appreciate that about you and I think that um, yeah that that's that's a very very good point yeah. All right, oh, we could talk forever, I, I feel like, but let, we should close it up. It's, okay. been, it's been an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, been sitting here with Matt Rosenberg on a bench in a park in Seattle overlooking the water. I don't know what water, some Puget Sound. Sound. Yes, I did know already. Um, say bye to the folks. Peace and love. <laughs>
outro. Oh, thanks, buddy. Or something like that.